goes in to see a doc Says there's something wrong with me I got a sadness I can't shake now Is there something I can't take now? It's the hilarious world of depression, placebo edition. I'm John Moe. Placebos are small episodes meant to bridge the gap between our regular seasons of the show. Season two is just around the corner. Some very funny people, big names coming up in that. Now, back in season one, comedian Jen Kirkman described her panic disorder like this. It's like a passenger in my front seat that is always there, and they never pipe up unless... I'm about to get in an accident and they have terrible ideas about what to do. (laughs) And then I sometimes I listen to them and I spin out or sometimes I go, great idea. We're not doing it, though. And then I move on. In our first placebo episode this past spring, listener Bree Tarquare talked about dealing with her intrusive thoughts by naming them Steve. So when I'm at the mall and I hear, what if you went to the third floor and jumped off? It's not me who's thinking that it's Steve and I can just say, Steve, that's a ridiculous, horrible idea. I don't know why anyone would do that. Personification is an idea that some therapists recommend because you are not your panic or your anxiety or eating disorder or depression. It's a a thought experiment that helps that separation to happen. I asked listeners on Twitter to imagine their depression as a person and describe it. Hi, my name is Chelsea Carlson, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Chelsea thought about the popular Japanese animated movie Spirited Away and a character named No-Face. No-Face is a kind of amorphous, faceless spirit being who starts out calm and polite, but becomes gluttonous and eats people. I like to think of my depression as kind of like an ominous thing. Um, it's, It's a version of me, so it's sort of like a person, but... Not quite. Not It's not quite all there. And much like No Face, it likes to kind of absorb some of my own personhood and be kind of like me. Um, but by making its own person, it kind of takes away from my own. Um, so by essentially imagining my depression as No Face or as a shadowy form, um, I get to essentially tell it, no, you're not me and I'm not you. And I kind of can figure out how to separate it from myself um, because I'm my own person. You know, I'm my own person with a life to live, and I don't need no face clouding my vision. Hi, I'm Audrey Hammock from Plano, Texas. And if I had to imagine my depression as a person, I would say that he is a painter living in my brain, and his medium is my emotions. Um, The only problem is that he paints in shades of black, white, and gray. Now, in my lifetime, I've seen a lot of very impressive grayscale paintings, but if that's all you ever see, it gets really grim. And if that's all you ever see for long enough, uh, you're almost convinced that that is an actual portrayal of reality. So in the past three months, with the help of medication, therapy, and meditation, I'm slowly working on incorporating color into this artist's palette. And together we're learning how to add light and shade and how to experience the full spectrum of life. Hi, Uh, my name is Corey Madsen and I'm in Brooklyn. Uh, (laughs) 
foolishly thinking that I was the only one who had a personified depression. Uh, just goes to show you how many of us are out here and going through this mess and dealing with it in in so many similar ways. Uh, I started I started writing letters to my personified depression some time ago. And whenever I could feel another low creeping back in, um, I named him Walter and I'd update him on the things that he could and couldn't ruin whenever he decided to come back and and start his fires. He wasn't so much another version of me as he was like an agent of chaos who showed up randomly and hung around reminding me about my loneliness, my failures, and my empty bank account. Walter's a type of like hyper-confident, effortlessly masculine, and hopelessly charming man I always thought I, I could or should be if not for his presence. He had aged gracefully and didn't worry about waking up with swollen joints or a receding hairline, and he'd always taken up opportunities to experience the world when offered, and he could glide through small talk. He'd lived and gathered several lifetimes of stories, and because of that he was never without a quip or an anecdote. He was well-proportioned and never felt awful after he'd had too much to drink because he never drank too much. His graying hair was peppered and regal, and he'd always wear a blazer and never forgot the bartender's name. He could sit down at a typewriter and hammer out a story without ever having to stop and quell his self-doubt. He was all these things, and he'd show up to make sure I never forgot that I wasn't. I wrote to him every few weeks or so as a way of kind of checking in and making sure that he knew that I knew that I still had plenty of work to do before he could stop being disappointed with me. I still write to him, though, not as often because, you know, I've been, been happy lately. Maybe I'll write him a letter tonight and brag a bit. Hi there, my name is Oliver. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I find it useful to think of my depression as my inner child having a rough day. I live with my three-year-old nephew, and watching him throw a fit makes me think so much of how I feel when I'm depressed. Just out of control and overwhelmed. Thinking of my depression as a child helps me approach it with compassion and set good boundaries with it, just like I would with my nephew. I remind myself that it's okay to have overwhelming feelings and that we don't have to believe everything that those feelings tell us. It helps me be gentle with myself, too. Instead of fighting the depression, I can work with it. I can say hello to my inner child and offer them a hug, listen to what they want, and see if we can come up with a compromise that works better. Say, my inner child wants to lay in bed all day and eat sugar. When I ask what's up, sometimes I find out that what I really want is rest. And what I really want rest and a break from is my own self-judgment. So if I can promise that I won't be such an asshole to myself, oftentimes I'm more able to get out of bed and go about my life. The other thing that thinking of my depression as a child helps with is staying lighthearted. I am not a lighthearted person, and I'm the kind of person who thinks that talk therapy and transformational experiences are like what will help me with my mental illness. But my inner child often just wants to finger paint and play with my dog. My name is Shannon Locker, and I live in Collingswood, New Jersey. Um, If my depression were a person, she would be a junior high school girl named Amy, (laughs) who may or may not be based on a real-life person. Um, Amy's one of the arguably prettier girls in class and has a lot of hair and is half nice most of the time. You know, if I say something that I feel is the wrong thing and to someone and I'm uncomfortable with it, there's a whisper, a sort of a bitchy whisper. Oh my God, what is wrong with you? You are such a freak. Um, And it's this tone that it it almost just brings up this feeling of 
that time in my life when I was like young and, and in junior high school and already insecure with depression on top of it, um, no matter how much I've managed this relationship, there there's a sort of a sneak attack, a sneaky way, a sort of a cutting way that this voice is able to cut through and just, you know, give me the feeling that I am 14 again. And it's like just hard to push it away or to accept. Hi, my name is Sophia Salaby and I live in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, I think if my anxiety were a person or a creature, it definitely looks like that evil Kermit meme that was really popular last year where um, Kermit the Frog from the Muppets is looking at his evil twin who's wearing like a dark hood. You can't see his eyes. And evil Kermit's always encouraging uh, the real Kermit to make bad decisions. So for me, if someone doesn't respond to a text to hang out or something, my initial thought is, oh, they're probably busy and will text me later, which is completely normal. But then evil Kermit, in my mind, responds by telling me that they probably hate me or that I was rude in my message and I made a huge mistake. Um, Or maybe I make an error at work and my coworker tells me it's no big deal, but evil Kermit tells me to apologize profusely and dwell on it all day. For me, my anxiety just compels me to overthink and over-apologize, no matter how irrational it seems. And Evil Kermit definitely encompasses the irrationality of anxiety, in my opinion. My name is Dia Hancock, and I am from Mitchellville, Maryland. And if I were to describe my depression as a person, I would describe it like a coworker. It's a coworker that takes frequent coffee and water breaks and makes sure they make their way over to my desk. They show up unannounced despite my many attempts to keep an eye out and an attempt to avoid them, but somehow they manage to be right in front of me when I least expect it. Once they decide to leave, they've lingered too long, and then I've completely forgotten what I was doing before they even showed up. The Hilarious World of Depression is a production of American Public Media. Our producer is Chrissy Pease. Kate Moose is our executive producer. Thanks also to Nate Toby. Our technical director this time around was Cameron Wiley. Our listeners were recorded by themselves. Our theme song is called Pagliacci. It was written and performed by our good friend Rhett Miller of the band Old 97s. Be sure to check out Rhett at rhettmiller.com and go listen to him if he comes to your town because it is fun. If you need help right away, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for free. 1-800-273-8255. That's one 800 273-8255. The 8255 also spells talk. For information on how to have conversations about mental illness, those conversations can be awkward, they can be difficult, get some help doing those at makeitok.org. It's a tremendous resource, lots of information there about mental illness and what to do about it. We're on Twitter at THW of D, that's T-H-W-O-F-D. We're not at T-H-W-O-D at THWAD because somebody already had THWAD. And we can't have it if somebody else has it. However, you can reach us by email THWAD, T-H-W-O-D, 
at AmericanPublicMedia.org. We'd love to hear from you. We hear from a lot of listeners at that email, and we can't always get back to you right away, but please know that we all read all those emails every single time. I'm John Moe. Bye now. What if I was to tell you I'm Paiachi? This great big smile is just for show. What if I was to tell you this is just grease paint? Would you say I'm a hopeless case? Say it ain't so. I'm a sad clown Tell me something I don't know Would you say I'm a sad clown Tell me something I don't know